This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hello, everyone, and please say hello to my guest co-host Ramona Rice. What's up everybody? Super excited to be here Jess. So we have a guest co-host today because Elsie is on the road. She is doing like sort of a cross-country skadoodle um, with her fam. Oh my god. I know. <laughs> they, are, they are currently on their way to Minneapolis, and so she didn't have a good time to record this week or next week, actually. Um, so I wanted to invite Ramona Rice, who I did a short podcast with that we never made live. But we had a lot of fun doing it. Yes, we certainly do. And <laughs> she is doing some exciting stuff, and she works for podcast websites also. So tell the audience, podcasting-wise, like what you're up to, what you've done, what you're doing. Tell us all so- the things. All right. So I started a course with Sports Gal Pal. That's what a lot of people know me for. It was a sports show from a women's perspective that was very popular. That ended. I did a comedy show for Buddy. But right now I have two podcasts that I work with. One is um, Spapreneur, which is with my mom. It's edited by John Buchanan, of course. Um, you know, that's not why I was selected. Yes. Who's the best in the in the business? I will not deny. There's some other good ones too, but he's my favorite. Um, so I do that for my mom. And that's a business show for day spot owners. And that's doing really well. And then we have a kid it's one called Tiny Potters with the with with, with the tiny humans. Um, so that one, we're hopefully getting season one done. I'm the worst mommy podcast. Oh, really? Ever. <laughs> well, it's just podcasting with kids. Like you forget their schedules are busy, and then my schedule is busy, and so. What I've decided is I'm getting married this summer. Yay. And uh, my fiance is taking over the production of it. So I'm still on the show, but he's handling the producing part of it now. So I take that off my plate. I'm delegating. It's exciting. So, it is exciting. And it's, it lets him get involved and learn about this world that he wants to learn more of. Um, so, yeah. So, and then John, of course, edits that show too. <laughs> so, Wait, John. So, there's yes. no more mommy pop quiz? No, mommy pop quiz is still on. Oh, okay. So, I'm still on the show, but like Evan's going to be handling like all the actual logistics of the show, like corralling us cats together and making shows happen. Good luck to actually that. make sure they happen. I know because you've heard the shows. They're kind of crazy. So, but it's fun to podcast with your kids. So exciting. A family affair. I love it. Yes. And of course, I'm still hanging out with podcast websites, of course, um, with the Mark Asquith over there who's in England and lots of fun, cool things coming up. We're getting ready for podcast movement like everybody else in the podcasting industry. And yeah, so super excited about all that. Yeah. So actually, that's a really good segue into talking about podcast movement rather than having to bring it up randomly later. So um, Uh Elsie and I are also getting ready for podcast movement and we are doing a special VIP day the day before it starts Sunday, July 22nd here at my house. It's an opportunity for listeners and friends and anybody who needs it to work one on one with us here at my house in my family room. We're going to work together. It's supposed to be a really small group. And then she's going to do three hours of... So in in other words, when you work with us one-on-one, you get 90 minutes with each of us. This way you get three hours. We're going to dive deep into your podcast and your 
monetization tracks, what you want out of your podcast, what you're currently getting out of your podcast, and how to sort of draw you a map to reach the goals that you want. Very specialized, individualized attention, and then also the support of your peers. So please check it out. It is at ShePodcast.com forward slash Philly VIP. And then the next day, we move into the booth in Philadelphia. Go Eagles. I, yeah, I just sent everything to print this week. I've never done any booth banners before. So um, if they're ugly, now you know why. Um, (laughs) We are going to have a booth, which is hopefully going to be manned by the women in She Podcast. I'm going to send around. Um, a sign-up sheet to certain individuals to see if they'd like to have a slot in sitting at the booth and promoting their thing. Our booth is going to be right next to Libsyn, so it's really good traffic. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's really Well, good. especially because Elsie, you know, she lives in the Libsyn booth. Let's be honest. Good for Yeah, well, that's why I did it. It's good for Elsie because this way she can kind of run both if she'll be there in case... Who knows? Something happens. Nothing will happen, but you know, uh, just in case. I thought I was oh. going to have to go there and wear a wig. Hello? What happened? A wig. That screwed me all up. Why? What screwed Hello? you up? What's Hello? What's going on? I had a call and it came in through my headphones. It was <laughs> weird. Oh, no. All right. Can we have a teaching moment right now? I know. It's off. And usually, I, I am know. not it's a off. fan of Bluetooth headphones for podcasts. It's off. I know. I, I know. I know. I'm just sorry, saying. I'm sorry. I know. One, I usually know. once a show, we, we Jessica goes, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Elsie are like, what's, I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> Sorry. It scares the shit out of me, too. And back to the show. So, um, yeah. So we're going to have a booth there. It's the best, the biggest opportunity for you to hang out with podcasters the entire year. It's going to be, I think, close to 3,000 people there. And the bigger ones, like, you know, the Panoplies and the Earwolves and all those guys. Like, I mean, at Podcast Movements, I have met Mark Marin, I have met Aisha Tyler, I have met, you know, I, that's where I met Elsie and Jess the first time because I took your um, workshop in that's Dallas, right. which was ho- it was hilarious. It was the most fun. And you get to meet, hang out with your she podcasters. Like, that's where I became really good friends of, you know, Liz and Natalie and yep. Katie, who just announced she's pregnant. Super excited for her. And so it just because a big kind of family reunion. If you are on the East Coast, I highly recommend you try and find a ticket and come or um, maybe even unconference and just sit in the lobby and see who you can hang out with because the parties are really fun and just the schmoozing is really fun. I mean, there's going to be hundreds of sessions, too. So anything you want to learn about how to take your podcast to really any direction, you can learn at Podcast Movement. So go to podcastmovement.com, use the coupon code SHEP and get $50 off any level uh, of ticket. And we're yeah, be, it's a well worth the investment. Yeah, it, we're it really super is. Excited to see you. Okay, so I mean, I, we have so much. This has been like the biggest podcast news week ever. So of course, it's the week that Elsie is missing it. But um, <laughs> I know I feel really bad about that because, like you know, I'm sure she has very strong opinions about a lot of these things. She does. Um, In fact, she wrote yeah. most of these sh- <laughs> most of these cards <laughs> in Trello. I guess she was trying to control what we talked about without being here i don't know but i mean i was going to anyway i just thought it was funny um yes but she has a card on here that says yay just on pod news so if you subscribe to pod news it comes every day and it tells you about what's going on in the industry and they featured me earlier this week it was an article that i wrote about how on medium called you're not a podcaster you're an audio influencer and basically it talks about how you have to stop thinking in terms of downloads and start thinking in terms of influence and community and you raise your influence then you raise your monetization 
capabilities. It has nothing to do with how many listeners or downloads you have, which by the way, is trackable, but not really trackable. The other things that you're growing are legitimately trackable, which is why they're more valuable. So take a look at that. And yeah, thank you, Pod News and James Cridlin for featuring me this week. I was shocked to see it and very, very flattered. So it's such an important message of still. I cannot tell you. We just last night I was in the She Podcast Facebook group. If you're not part of that Facebook group, get in there if you're female. Sorry if you're get in men. there, ladies. Get in there. Get in there, ladies. It's it's literally my favorite podcast group out there because it's so supportive and everybody, there's none of this, you know, lips and spend blueberries better this is better this is better it's none of that it's super supportive and there's no like shaming of like i don't know how to do this it's just really really nice that you know and it's, it's a safe place on the internet anyway but one of um somebody had posted you know how you know do you know in your first month if you're successful in terms of downloads and i just wrote the word one and it's true. Like, you know, we get so hung up on these numbers and this sort of thing. Like Spotpreneur now, it's a super niche show for day spot owners. So it's it's really, I never really talk about it in podcasting, Jess, and you know this because yeah, yeah. they're not massage therapists in that group. And that's fine. Right. But I get an average a month about 3,000 downloads for a show about day spots. That's taking me 50 episodes to do, yep. you know, and, and it's taken a while for me to grow that and grow that influence in that niche. So that's, I think, where really podcasting needs to go to is that if you're thinking about a show, particularly in business or lifestyle, where can you niche in the niche more? You know yeah, what I mean? And yeah. really find your tribe of people. Like if you right now, like if you try to do a podcast about women podcasters, sorry, that market's cornered yep. very effectively by this show. <laughs> so instead, you may want to do like African-American female podcast, you know what I mean? And go super niche that way. Yeah. But that's where I feel like, and that's where the influencer talk comes in. So I'm so glad that you and other people are starting to really talk about this message. I think it's so important. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, and actually there's a summit, a free summit putting being put on by Aweber that I'm speaking a little bit about this on called Beyond the Podcast Summit. Mark Asquith, Amy Porterfield, John Lee Dumas and I did like half hour interviews and it's a virtual thing with small interviews talking about how to go beyond downloads. So check it out if you are interested. It's free. And yeah, so it's funny that you mentioned the group. She podcast, which by the way, if you want to join facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash she podcast, I do feel like I'm doing a lot of hawking already. And I don't mean to be doing that, but there's just exciting stuff going on. So yeah, if you're interested in joining, that's where you go. But here's some news. Let's just hop right into the news if you want to do the to doodle and then we can start talking about it. The news you can use for the informed podcaster, podcasting news. So I'm glad that you brought this up about how it's your favorite group because it really primes you for this conversation, Ramona. Yes. So yesterday, Facebook announced a subscription product for groups. Basically, last year, they had like a little Facebook group think tank at Facebook headquarters, and they decided to make a bunch of changes, most of which we've already seen, like being able to see more member insights and stuff like that. But now they allowed admins, they start, they're testing out the ability for admins to charge for access to their groups. And it looks like the tiers are $4.99. You don't have to do any tier, but like basically the options are going to be, I guess, prices from $4.99 to $29.99 for access to groups. Now, She Podcast has 10,000 members in it. And I am not saying we're going to have tiers or that we'll ever even charge for it, but 
if we were going to charge for it, I, first of all, I would have liked the opportunity to pick my own price. Like, I wouldn't have started with $5. I would have just started lower. Um, mm-hmm. And I would, if I did ever choose to charge members, I would charge them a lower price. And I think you can just have the one tier. So the, the example they use on the website just has like, if you want access, this group is $14.99. So you don't have to do tiers. You have the ability to do tiers. Right now, all the money will go to the admins of the groups and not be having a cut taken from Facebook at the moment. Yeah, but that that's only going to last so long. Let's that's be right. honest. At the moment. Yeah, it, right. The other thing that this whole thing is I saw this yesterday and I have a group for Spotpreneur and then I have paid a paid community okay. that I do that I've worked with the membership guys, um, Callie um, Willows and Mike um, Morrison. And, um, you know, and they helped me like build a community that's off Facebook. And that's $97 a month. So then you also have higher ticket. That's, pr- that's a very good point. You, you know, so it's like you're you're limiting me to thirty dollars a month, but I've priced my value at ninety seven dollars a month. Right. So how does that work? Well, so, but I think with Facebook, wait, I have a question. Yeah, given the support level and the activity level in she podcasts, even if we chose the smallest tier, do you think our group would fall apart if we requested membership pricing? I think what would happen is that people would leave. That's just a natural order when you start like charging like I would pay because I get tremendous value from the group and I enjoy the group so it would really tell you how much value people are doing and how easy it would be to just if it just magically just takes five bucks off that's my personal opinion I think that like for you guys if I were advising you I would do a survey and just how much value are you getting out of this group and that sort of thing but I almost wonder if it would be better for you guys to split to another group and say this is the VIP access and you answer more questions that way, you know, because that free Facebook group is such a good lead magnet for you guys, you know? It is. But here's the thing. So we just switched from Meet Edgar to Hootsuite. For those of you who aren't in the group, Tuesdays we have, we allow on one thread the ability to pitch yourself as a guest or ask for specific types of guests, which you can't do any other time of the week. And then Wednesday, you can post your most recent episode, which you can't do any other time of the week. And when I made the switch, I rewrote the paragraphs to say, if you would be so kind and you consistently use this feature, please click here and donate a dollar for the privilege of putting your name on this list. And like, very few people do it. I mean, it's like every week, these two posts have 150 comments. And there's no way we've gotten $300 a week from it. So it has raised our Patreon on some level. And it has raised, you know, and then a couple people like one person sent in like 50 bucks, which I guess she feels takes care of the year, which is probably true. Because it's, you know, it's a dollar a week, right? That, That takes care of it which I think is nice. It's not required. It was a request. It's a request that goes up twice a week for the privilege of putting your stuff up. So let's say we charged $5 a month. That's cheaper than what I ask for right now for the promotional aspect. And, you know, you stay in the group and you get to post that crap whenever you want. I mean, or, you know, on the two threads that we allow. So I sort of feel like it's fair, but you're right. Some people would leave. And then I feel like guilty because it is the one group that is all female only where you can ask anything and not feel like you're going to be vultured, if that's a verb. Yes. And essentially by charging, am I going to be taking that away? I guess I will. I guess we will. Yeah, it would definitely change the culture of the group. I mean, it would change the culture. And it's something that you and Elsie have to really ask yourselves. You know, I go back to the core values and what you guys stand for and what you guys stand for is a safe space for 
women podcasters, you know, and it's like, would that affect that core value of safe space? You know what I mean? That the, the, the access. And I know Elsie is all about how do we get more access to people? You know, she is, but we also have to be about how do we buy groceries? (laughs) It's a lot of work. (laughs) Oh yeah. No, no, no. This is, it's funny. I've been reading this book called the secrets of six figure women. And they talk about this kind of guilt thing that women often feel guilty about asking for things. Whereas a man would be like, yeah, charge five bucks. And if they don't like it, then they'll leave. Five dollars a month is like nothing. It's nothing. It's, it's less a lot than for us. Like, okay, so let's so let's just say half of the group is active. Let's just say we lose half the group. The other half of the group is active. Five dollars a month times five thousand is enough for us for Elsie and I to be able to, like, for example, I wouldn't mind being able to retire Scott so that I could be the breadwinner and his health issue he's having yeah. to go to work in philadelphia and it's t- it's i can already see he's been back four days taking a toll on him already he's exhausted even though he's okay to go back to work he you know he still has a lot of lung damage and like that right there would be enough if just half of them paid it where i could do that and still afford health insurance which I, we get through him right well also to yeah also and then it would allow you to to hire maybe yes. a full-time staffer for she podcast oh God, to do new right. more resources and things like I that think yeah. about that or have our event that we want to have or that travel right. and do live show it would allow us to give you more if we charge more but you are right about the access i wonder now i wonder like and i mean so they're only testing it First of all, let me just say this. If you guys have a thought and it's not a mean thought and you can phrase it in a way that is respectful and delightful, please send it to feedback at shepodcast.com. Don't yell at us for thinking about this. Nothing is definite. And they've only been testing it through parenting groups. And uh, I think there was a plant group or something. It was like some kind of, oh, like a gardening yes. groups and, and parenting groups. So like so far, we don't have the capability and we may never get it if the testing doesn't go well. But you know, I would love to hear your thoughts. If they are negative thoughts, I also want to hear them. I just want to hear them in a way that doesn't make me feel bad about myself. Please just think about that, that Elsie and I are people and just thinking about stuff and not definitely deciding anything. So I would love to hear that. But yeah, we don't have the capability yet. And it's something you've got to think about too. But it's, it's interesting. Facebook is doing what people are already doing because a lot of people do charge access to get into their groups. They just do it off of Facebook. So Facebook is basically acknowledged that, okay, we know this is happening. It's really hard to monitor though. It is hard to monitor. So Facebook's like, well, let's just cut out the middleman and get our share. What this also means too, guys, those of you that have groups is that I guarantee you it's going to happen where if you have a group, um, people who maybe are competitors can target people, members in your group. That's coming. It's got to be coming. You know, they're, they're using more and more things to highlight groups and they're, they're investing more money and time into groups. So I guarantee you that's happening. It's going well, to happen. And she and I, okay, so this show, recording it, show notes, marketing, editing, informing you, like yeah. it's all a lot of work and it's all done for free. So I feel like as an individual, if it were me, I would, well, first of all, it is me and I'm happy to pay, like I pay $5 to like, I think I pay um, Drew Ackerman of the Sleep With Me podcast $12 a month in case I have insomnia <laughs> and I need to listen, you know, cause like there were times when I had it every night and he has saved my ass for months at a time. And at that time I was like, Oh yeah, it's at least worth $12. I mean, he works so hard on that show and it's an, it's like a, you know, a two hour show. He makes up a story. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great. Like, how could I not 
pay for the privilege of that show, even if he does have advertising and stuff, like I want him to be able to do it full time, which he now does because of me and us, you know, and I also support Patreons, you know, people who I and just enjoy their writing. They and they ask, you know what the key is? You got to ask. I support people who ask me for it. And you have to build that community first. So the difference is now that you and Elsie have such a loyal, devoted following that you're starting to, you know, I think you guys should ask more, to be honest with you, in the group. You know, just every once in a while mention Patreon and just have a post on it because it, it needs to happen. Like, I totally forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, I should support your Patreon, you know, because I get value out of your podcast. So this is yeah. your uh, payment, though. You can just go ahead and be my co-host today. It's perfect. <laughs> Yay. No, I mean, I appreciate you saying that. But I mean, like, you know, when people ask and I do ha- get value from their content, I do pay them. Another thought for those of you listening is like, ask for the money. And I'll bet you there are people out there that get enough value to be like, oh, yeah, five dollars is totally worth that. Yeah, just don't be greedy. Make it, you know, and make it about what what it does for them. Again, if if half of everybody in that group right now gave you and Elsie five dollars a month, that means again you guys could, like you said, more than likely retire your both your husbands. Even though I think Rand- pay our taxes without having to save up, right? And then hire a full time person within She Podcast to manage the group. So there's more posts. Maybe um, again help with content. So there's even more freebies and other goodies and things like that. Yes. I mean, it just it helps you expand. So I would give any have she podcast be a business but she and i have always had it be a secondary thing because it's free and we have other jobs that we have to focus on first because it pays so it it could be the opposite it would be the dream so anyway it's just something to think about and that's just a piece of the news and again you can send it uh, any thoughts to feedback at ShePodcast.com? I know we would love to hear what you have to say. Um, the biggest news this week in podcasting is the Google Podcast app. When that was announced, did you feel like the heavens split open and it was like, oh, oh yes. Yeah, it was like the Little Mermaid singing to get her voice back. Oh, yes. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Google yeah. is got finally got a Google Podcast app on Android, which of course I can't test because I don't have an Android, but we are super excited about it. I have a fiance that has an Android, so I will be testing it this weekend so I can give full feedback. So here's the thing, though. It's not like the Apple app that just comes on the phone automatically. You still have to go to the Play Store and download it. Like, So there's still a step involved. It would really be smart if they allowed you to download it on Apple, just like you can the other Google apps, you know? That'd be cool. Yeah, no, because it may be better than the Apple podcast app. And also, too, I mean, like, dear Apple gods, if you're listening, I love you. I want you to know that I'm benevolent and will worship you. Yes, because I know that you're important. However, I would love for Google to kind of go, yo, Apple, and shove them around a little bit because then maybe, you know, we get a little bit more support. Yeah. You know? Well, one of the things Elsie picked out with this announcement was Google's mention that what they really want to do is doubling the size of the podcast listening population worldwide. So what they want is, so it says Google is working with an independent global advisory board and industry experts to bring in more creators from underrepresented backgrounds, such as women, people of color, and people from other countries into podcasting. Other players in the space, such as Spotify and WNYC, have already made efforts to spotlight these voices in the podcasting ecosystem. So that part she highlighted for us to discuss because it's really exciting that not only have they 
doubled the capabilities by finally having their podcasting app shite in gear, but now they're reaching out to find diverse and individual and underrepresented voices, which is so exciting and important, I think. Yeah, no. And it's great too, because again, like what it says in the article is that 85% of the world's smartphones run Android. Is that so, true? So, you know, this, this, how could this yeah. be so late then? <laughs> That's true. I don't know. Because <laughs> Apple's had its own podcast app since 2012. Wow. So, and they began pre installing it on every iPhone two years later. So, 2014, yeah. that's when they pre installed. Hold up. So, Bob? that's the next step. <laughs> I don't know. Google, like, but here's the other thing is that it also says in here that it's really put the own app is going to differentiate a lot because it's playing to strengthen the artificial intelligence they're working on. So, the company is experimenting internally with automatically transcribing podcasts. Um, useful if you're hard of hearing or if you don't have headphones. Um, I also see here that Google Translate is going to be used to translate transcripts into multiple languages so that once you get listeners from other countries they can hear all the things or at least read all the things which is cool i was so excited because i know that many people in our industry are super excited about this but you as podcasters yeah, we're pretty you guys need to be so excited about this start talking about it um i'm going to be um using um i use this design firm in australia called Brandstrong. they're great and very inexpensive and i'm going to have them doing graphics about download us now on google play like really seriously hard like download the podcast app and doing like an entire video of how you do this using um, my fiance's phone um because you can get an android phone mm-hmm. pretty cheap so if you just need to use it or grab a friend do a screencast and and show them how to do it sometimes it's just a matter of showing people how to do it particularly if you're in an industry or a niche where maybe they don't aren't as technology yes. advanced you know so it just depends but i'm it's so really excited about this it's first of it's overdue um i remember reading somewhere that google is going to be very heavily present at podcast movement too so if you've got questions and you're going it's oh, a great time to just to meet the google people exciting. yes um i saw that yeah so that's too because apple i know that apple representatives go to podcast movement but they don't let themselves be known Whereas Google's saying, look, we're going to be known and seen. So I'm wondering now what Apple's going to do, you know, in the next couple of years. Are they going to then finally come out of the shadows and say, here's our booth. This is what we're doing. You know, know, I'm just realizing I forgot to mention at the top of the show that people who listen on double speed are going to have a hard time with this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You don't need to listen to double speed. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny. Yeah. You might want to slow, slow it down. down. Slow your roll, like, yo. Slow it down. Um, yeah, that's exciting. I didn't know Google was going to be at PM. That is cool. I'm excited about that. I didn't know that. Luckily, again, like it also says again now that 64% of the U.S. population is aware of the term podcasting. So there's still room to grow. So that's when people are like, oh, I can't get any downloads. I can't get any like traffic. Guys, there's still an entire world of people that still do not even know what this industry is. So stop worrying about each other. And like Roman Mars said, um, you know, let's let's the, the, the war is getting people just to know what podcasting that is, is. Such a good point. Then we can fight amongst that's each such other. A good point. Thank yes. you. So I'm very excited about this again because I know, especially Elsie's big drive this year and i'm so proud of her for leading this charge of diverse voices by allowing this technology to be more easily accessible on phones that are less expensive because let's be honest with you apple phones are very very expensive and by having this be more readily available it it allows just so much so i'm i'm super excited jess yeah me too so we have three more believe it or not we have three more things that i want to get to but before we get to most of it involves influence, actually, the next couple things and a salacious piece of gossip. But before we get to that, um, I don't want to forget our sponsor, Emerald City Productions and Danny Osmond's tip of the week. So, John, if we have it queued up, take it away. 
I often get asked about Ophonic, which is an inexpensive mixing and mastering tool that most podcasters can take advantage of. I think it's a fantastic tool, especially if you don't have a lot of money to hire a trained professional to mix and master your show. Most podcasts that aren't doing any mixing or mastering at this point could definitely benefit from using Ophonic. It's important to remember, though, that the more editing, balancing, and correction you can do ahead of time, the better the result will be out of Ophonic. I'm also a firm believer in humans being better than algorithms. Humans have heart and soul and can sense things and make decisions emotionally that a machine can't. Emotion is key to creating something pleasing to other humans. So keep that in mind when choosing whether or not to work with a podcast producer or send your final edited audio to Ophonic. You know that feeling when you do everything you can, research, plan, prepare, execute, you've got a great guest to interview, you're all set to go, and then your sound breaks up, or you lose your connection, or it's just dead air? Yep, that was happening to me more and more on my on-air live podcast show. So frustrating, so unprofessional. And that's when I decided I needed to do something about this. And that's when I found Danny Osment from Emerald City Productions. Danny took the worry out, the frustration and the anxiety. Danny helped me and my sound quality. He helped me understand podcasting. He helped me with my format. He helped me switch my platform easily and effectively. In other words, he up-leveled my show. He took the anxiety out so that I could focus on my content. I'm so glad he is producing my show for me now. Now I know my sound will be great, the show's consistent, which allows my level of my expertise for my work to come through. I'm so grateful for Danny's help, his expertise, and my podcast, The Empowered Spirit Show. He jumped my car. He babysat my children. He's the best. <laughs> God bless the editors. God bless them all. If I can piggyback something on to that. Yes, please. If you go to aphonic.com, you can get two hours a month of free process. Oh, my God. But if Ooh, you, that's nice. But if you go to the top right-hand corner, it'll say desktop apps. They sell two. If you're just a podcaster that's doing it for your own podcast, it's $89 for a single track and $89 for the multi-track. Cool. I have both. Okay. I use it a lot. You drag the files in, you drop them in there, you push a button. It does all the voodoo it do. It <laughs> it takes in, it does a lot of good stuff. It brings everything up to loudness. It has loudness. If it's in stereo or in mono, you'll have 19 luffs or 16 luffs. It has all that in there. And I'll tell you, for that amount of money, and if you have a podcast and you're having problems with it, I really think it's a good investment. So you can try it you know, on the website for you know, one episode or something like that. See if you like it. Then get the uh, desktop app. Very easy to use. I recommend it too. I use it a lot. When he said like the louder thing, just the only thing I could think of was like, he has to make my mother and I louder because John is our editor. And I'm like, there's no way. There's no way he makes this louder. There's there's just no, no, no loudness. Way. Nope. In other words, what it does is it takes whatever you're doing and bring it into a certain amount of loudness. Yes. The oh. two, so basically, if you're low, it brings you up. If you're loud, it brings you down. Mm. So, oh. in other words, with you and uh, Ceci, yes, <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> sometimes it has to be brought down. Most times, but again, this is why if you don't want to deal with this, hire editors like John or Danny. 
Seriously, it, it, the best investment I make in my podcast because I used to have to do my sports gal pal because I would do the show and an hour have it up because sports change so quickly. So I'm really thankful I have that. Um, but the minute I started using editor, I was like, oh, this is yeah. so nice. You know, there's <laughs> one I love again. that you said, which is like humans are better than algorithms, which actually proves the point that you should have an editor over Alphonic. But he's saying if you have to not do it, use Alphonic. But um, I love that he said that because it was, you know, it's true. Like humans have a heart and a soul. You can hear how you want it to be presented at sound. So go to emeraldcitypro.com forward slash checklist, get a free podcasting checklist to see if your show sounds amazing and also sign up for a free sound assessment. He'll be happy to do that for you and you can check out what services he offers. So thank you so much, Danny. That was a great tip this week. Yay, Danny. That was a good tip. Okay. Do we want gossip or do we want influence? Gossip. Gossip, of course. Well, then there's no other better gossip in podcasting this week than Chris Hardwick. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Yes. But when that was, um, when that was published, Elsie told me that certain people were like, I have spoken to him on the phone and that is no surprise. Not a woman. A gentleman said that about him, but I thought that was very interesting that they were like, yep, not a sh- <laughs> All right. For us who do not know who you're talking oh, about, Chris Hardwick the story. is the founder oh. of The Nerdist Show, aka Network, aka Television Show, aka Mogul Conglomerate, The Nerdist, and I think Slant. He made nerdy. He made nerding he cool. Is, you yes. know, he, he he really started the whole like geek culture and nerd culture to be out of like kind of the shadows and really mainstream. He was the one that would host the after the Walking Dead episode. Um, you know, Talking Dead or whatever it was called. So he would be like after the Walking Dead. So for a while there, he was really the king of the nerds. So basically, his girlfriend Chloe Dykstra posted a Medium article in which she does not name him by name, but says that she was in a sexually and emotionally abusive relationship with someone who was rather famous. And I'm not sure, I guess the purpose for her posting it was just what well, she says was, it, you know, because it was all still inside her and she was trying to get it out to, you know, heal from it, which is respectful. Um, right. Hardwick denied any allegations, which, by the way, weren't made. Fans just sort of put together, since they were together, that it was him. She didn't name him at all. Mm-hmm. You know, she does say, like, being able to get rid of it, it was weighing me down. Now I can move forward, which I thought was nice. Uh, Chris immediately had, like, everything taken away. His AMC show was canceled. I don't I think his agent dropped him. Like, I mean, all kinds of stuff. The nerdist basically removed him from all their yes, history, and then like, yes, well, that they doesn't deleted him from the website. Yeah. Like he didn't even exist, yeah. which I was like, damn. This Adam going. Mm. I was like, yeah, that's that's because you know he started it. And here's the other thing: the only reason I know this is my fiance is super super geeky. So Will Wheaton, who was Wesley Crusher on Star Trek: The Next Generation, was actually Chris Hardwick's roommate in college, and that's how Chris Hardwick got a lot of really? his connections was through Will Wheaton. And so Will Wheaton has come out and saying, I'm just heartbroken. And I need a couple of days to process this. Oh, so he didn't say it figures that douche. None of that. No, no, nothing that because they're really close friends. 
So, you know, and he's like heartbroken. And again, it's one of those things in this, you know, Me Too era where I'm happy that she has gotten this out for herself and that she's getting the healing she needs. But there's no and it, and it's hard in any of these situations, you know, to to have evidence and proof and all because, you know, sometimes I'll say it, you know, did they jump the gun on him too quickly? Because literally this came out and within hours this stuff was happening and he had no time to defend himself. So you know? this is the thing that struck me and annoyed me and it's not victim shaming or victim blaming but here's the thing me too movement is great if you want to participate in it if you want to out celebrities you can do whatever you want but i wish you wouldn't act like you didn't mean to because what she wrote on yes here's her tweet i quietly posted an article today unlisted on medium it clearly made the rounds i'm overwhelmed thank you all for your support i may take some time off the internet please know your support means everything okay you don't quietly with 141,000 followers on twitter announce your unlisted medium article I mean, let's just be real. If you're going to be like, that dick is done, then just say that dick is done. Don't be like. Right. And not only that, but I think like she did it to avoid him suing her. You know what I mean? Because now he can't say she never admitted. She never admitted that it was him. You know what I mean? So it, it's no, almost like a way for her to admit it. Yeah. And it probably is. But at the same time, it's just he has no way of defending himself without acknowledging what she you know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a really she just talked yesterday and she still hasn't mentioned him. She said the outpouring of support I've received over the last few days has been incredible and unexpected. Thank you. Still no mention of Chris Hardwick. Nothing. So she is very right. smart. But again, you either want people to know it's I mean, she obviously wants people to know it's him. So I, I just wish people could be. Not, it's not humble bragging because she's not really bragging. She's sort of humble. She's humble glaring. It's like a vague Facebook post. You know what I mean? Like when someone goes, it's like humble um, air horning. You can't do that. You can't humble air horn. You can't quietly air horn. She is vague accusing, vague accusing somebody. She hasn't called. So as I'm listening to this, because I don't know this guy, I know nothing about any of this i don't know any of the people involved but what i'm thinking right now is she's vague accusing somebody his whole life is just turned upside down not really that vague well i guess but she has you said she hasn't mentioned him by name so everything's turned upside down and he has no recourse i mean if this isn't him holy mackerel like if this was some other guy, I mean, it can't not be him. Well, I would think that she would, if it wasn't him, she would say something that okay, it's not him. But she's not saying either. It can't not be him. He is probably the most famous person she's dated, and he and she detailed describes how he had all these rules, like they couldn't talk while they were out in public because someone would recognize him and eavesdrop. Therefore, every dinner was sat in silence out, you know, in a restaurant with him on his phone. Or she couldn't have male friends or something about how she had like some kind of like surgical, something medically wrong with her. And the first question to the doctor was, when can we start having sex? When can she have sex with me again? Like not worried about her health in any way. I mean, that stuff, you can't tell it's him. But the famous part, like the when we go out in public, I wasn't allowed to speak shit. Who else could it be that would be that famous enough to be recognized in any restaurant? It has to be him. It couldn't be anybody else. 
Yeah. Plus, she described him as someone who grew from a mildly successful podcaster to a powerhouse yes. CEO of his own company. Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. The only yeah. other person I know yeah. is Adam Carolla, and he's married. So. Right. Has right. to be him. Well, and Hardwick's married now. So Hardwick's oh, wife perfect. has actually come out and said, yeah, it, it said that, you know, she does, she's denying it. You know what I mean? So. Oh, is that so? How long has this relationship been over? Uh, uh let's see i, I will look, look it up. i've got yeah, the i don't have that where's i gotta find the medium article medium they dated from 2011 to 2014 so it's been four years so it's been over for four wow. years yeah yes god you know it's so hard for me and i don't like to shame a victim or anything like that but i mean it's there's two victims here right now and neither one of them got a trial and neither <laughs> one of them gets to present an argument or a defense and, uh, you know, that's where I get worried, you know, where we automatically just take and use the court of public opinion to basically uh, convict somebody. So I don't know. I don't have the Medium article, but I had a CNN article. But this is um, an article from People where Lydia Hurst, um, that's Chris Hardwick's wife right now. Um, this is the statement she has wrote. Um, she said, this is not a statement in defense. This is a statement of defense. Um, defense for all the women who have been sexually abused, raped, trafficked, or tortured. Defense of all the people who this movement has started for over the last year, the Me Too movement has rightfully aimed a spotlight directly on women whose stories need to be told. As someone who has been involved in toxic relationships in the past, I know firsthand the importance of sharing these stories and do not take the situation lightly. I have made the decision to come out in support of my husband, not of obligation, but out of necessity to speak the truth about the person I know. Chris is nothing but loving and compassionate, and he is the only person who has stood by me, never judged me, helped me heal, and feel whole. To defend my husband would be giving credence to any of these accusations. I will not do that. Chris Hardwick is a good man. I remain in complete support of my husband and believe the truth will always win. Hashtag times up because I know my truth and I believe in due process. So interesting. Yeah. So and they've been married since 2016. That's incredible. So, John, your point is maybe it didn't happen. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying let's have some due process, you know, because she made a tweet and this guy lost all his income. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's dangerous. That is very dangerous. Whereas, you know, if you look at like situation like Harvey Weinstein, for example, like multiple, 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 multiple women, multiple women, and then multiple women. And now he's facing criminal charges and all this other stuff, you know, and it was collaborated by it wasn't a medium article. This was like it was what a New York Times article that was investigated very thoroughly with many witnesses. And I think that's the difference is that, you know, we're, we're talking about journalists to, you know, they're trained to do this versus a medium article. And I'm not saying that um, the person who's accusing Chris Hardwick didn't suffer these things. She very likely did. You know, I just don't want it to be. And the worst thing that can come out with one of these stories is that it comes out to be not true. Then it starts discrediting all the Me Too women, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's also my fear is that, you know, at some point the society is going to get too numb to these, you know what I mean? Like the school shootings and where we're not going to care anymore. Uh, and then my thing is care. too, it's like, let's support women where when they're in a relationship like this and, and this stuff's going on to, Get out, run, don't walk. I mean, Leave. lots of people say that too. That, you know, why would she? It's hard. So I've been in a lot younger than him. Yeah. It can be scary. And also, she says at the end of the article, like, that's the big question. If this person treated you so badly, why did you say? Your guesses will probably include it wasn't that bad. Memories can warp. He was famous. She enjoyed the lifestyle. For the record, I usually insisted on paying for dinner. Thank you very much. And three, she was dumb or weak and didn't have the strength to stand up to him. Here is my answer. I believed that 
to borrow an analogy from a friend, if I kept digging, I would find water. And sometimes I did just enough to sustain me. And when you're dying of thirst, that water is the best water you'll drink. When you're alienated from your friends, there's no one to tell you there's a drinking fountain 20 feet away. And when your self-worth reaches such depths after years of being treated like you're worthless, you may find you think you deserve that sort of treatment and that no one else will love you. That is exactly what it's like to be in a relationship like that. You dig for water. You pray it'll change. You think it's a phase. You're waiting for it to be different. And one minute you get what you want. And then it go- and then it's two weeks of bullshit until you get another one and you're holding out just long enough. You're like, no, I'm going to leave. No, fuck this shit. And they'll bring you flowers. And you're like, oh, damn it. All right. Not that bad. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what it's like, John. So it's like, was she weak? Was she this? Was she that? I don't know. I mean. I get it. Yeah. And again, and it happens so subtly oftentimes that you just, by the time you're thinking you're crazy, you're thinking you're over exaggerating. So also they make yeah. you think you're no, crazy. No, I get it. But I don't, I, uh, I don't know. For some reason, I still believe that anybody deserves a defense. That's I mean, my that's belief. true, of course. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is one of those things that it's really difficult. But in, in this day and age, I'm like AMC and the Nerdist, they've got to also protect their brands, you I, know, I because if they too. don't go after them, it's a really hard position to be in. Because my fear is, again, is that I believe that 95% of these women, this is true, what has happened to them, and these men absolutely should be caught. And I know you agree, John, I and do. I know m- most of the decent men in the world agree. But there's going to be that 5% of women who take advantage of the situation. And, you know, I really hope that this isn't truth. And I hope that if this happened to her, that she is at peace now and that she can get the healing she needs, you know? I agree with that also. Yeah. But it, it's just, it's sad, but it just goes to show you that, you know, just when you think like your idols, because I know a lot of people in our industry, particularly men, really idolized Chris Hardwick's, like how he turned his podcast into a yep. media empire. And now, you know, it's crashing above it. So j- just remember things that you do in your 20s now can come back to you. Like there are no such thing as, oh, I was young. Yeah. I mean, so what? I admire how Bill Cosby took his stand up career into a sitcom. That doesn't mean I have any kind of respect for him as a human being. Just because you admire someone's career trajectory doesn't mean you have to approve of their, the way they conduct themselves personally. Right. It's tricky slope. So it just means that don't idolize your heroes to the point where, because we're all human. Some do awful, awful, awful things to each other. Um, You know, so just make sure your heroes, um, you know, again, it goes by that core values. That's something I've been talking about a lot. Except for me, you can idolize me. I am human, but you know all my flaws. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Ramona was like, yeah, you can idolize Jess. Go ahead. Yes, that is true. Because I know you. Even Elsie is flawed and it's not just the goats. No, because Elsie has, you know, her. Everybody does. I do. You know, hell, you know, <laughs> we know what mine are. We yeah. know what Ramona's are because crazy. we are not shy. We talk about them all the time. And also, no. I was sort of raised to embrace my flaws because uh, Elsie and I talked about this before, like the difference between a Jewish mom and a Catholic mom. Like, so like her mom listened to the show and she would say to Elsie, like, you talk so much, Elsie, like you are the one that's, you know. It wasn't out of pride. It was like, stop talking so much and let someone else talk. Whereas my mother, God rest her soul, if she were to have the chance to listen, would probably call and be like, you're amazing. You're the best thing that's ever happened to podcasting. Whereas like Elsie's mother would be like, shh, you know, like, 
So since I I was raised by a Southern mother, and um, it's like a combination so of the two. Like that's my baby. That's my baby. Right. So it depends. But then she's like, okay, but bless your heart, we need to work on this. So she'll do like that. That's my baby. And then all of a sudden, but we need to work on this. So it's like anytime that it's, it's someone criticized yes. me or made me feel bad, and I would come home and cry about it. My mother would say, "They're just jealous of you because you're so smart and beautiful." Jewish mothers are the best. I'm sorry. And I mean, many. I mean, I'm not saying it inflated my ego because most of the time I would look at her and be like, "Yeah, right. Yes, that's right. The giant redneck is jealous of me, the nerdy, short, skinny, unqualified, unathletic Jew." For what exactly? I'm not sure. Having buck teeth and terrible eyesight. I don't know why they're jealous of me, but okay, if you say so. It was most, I mean, you can tell that it's bullshit. And that's the other thing is like kids don't believe, you can't believe that, but it was still cute that she said it. But yeah, we all have flaws. Some of us just hide it better than others. Okay. Now the next big news for podcasters. If you're interested in video, did I lose everybody? Are you guys still here? No, I'm still here. It's just, we have so much news this week. It's it's ridiculous. The next thing is there's going to be a network of influencers starting called Ramble. It is being cobbled together by United Talent Agency, UTA, Cadence 13. And they're launching an audio network called Ramble that will work exclusively with top YouTube stars. So Josh Peck, Hannah Hart, Flew Leborg, Rhett and Link, Natalie Alzate. I don't know any of these people except Josh Peck. They're each going to have their own podcast and the network is going to just work with people who are big YouTube stars. It's kind of like a cool new experiment. They've already gotten huge success with YouTube. Can it fold over into audio? Will it fold over into audio? And will they sell ads on both? Because that's one of the things that as an agency we struggle with is when someone has a huge YouTube following, but like no podcast downloads. And frankly, we usually try to stay away from it because the, um, listenership is so different podcast listeners out of all the types of media consumers are the most engaged even more so than youtube so it's hard to pay the same amount for a youtube ad as it would be for a podcast ad so i am not sure how it's going to work out and how they're i'm very interested to see how they're going to sell ads so i want to see how these uh youtubers handle 30 minutes to 60 minutes Mm -hmm. of content when all their videos are basically 15, maybe 5 to 10 to 15 at the most. Yeah, that's true. They might just go into more detail. But UTA also, like, it operates a standalone podcast division. So they rep, like, Wonderly and, and Gannett. And then they also handle, like, Ira Glass and Sarah Caning. And then they help spin popular podcasts like My Favorite Murderer and Lore. So they brokered Amy Schumer's comedy deal with Spotify. And they represent half of Apple's top 20 most downloaded new podcasts. I got a question for you, since you two ladies are business ladies. So do you think that the whole YouTube demonetizing a bunch of shows has uh, pushed these people to try to make money in podcasting because they can't make money on YouTube anymore? Um, You think they can't make money on YouTube anymore? It's harder because, you know, YouTube after the controversy with all the um, neo-Nazi and that sort of thing that they, you know, they're they're making it harder. But ads, I think they just see it. I think UTA sees it as. You know, that audio is a trend. How can we capitalize on it? This is a good way to capitalize on it. Let's see. And they're already capitalizing anyway, because if you're handling Ira Glass and War. Well, UTA handles everyone. This is just one. I mean, they're they're a huge talent agency. So this talent agency just happens to rep YouTube stars in addition to huge other stars. It's just that 
Cadence 13 was like, well, why don't we take these people and see if it can fold into this? Because it's sort of an obvious, you know, it's not like they're asking George Clooney. These are people that already have some type of show. Yeah. The way I look at it is this. If these influencers can bring more people into podcasting now, of course, with also Google having a standalone podcast app, that it just the potential of more people discovering podcast and discovering your podcast, if it's what they need, it is the way we need to look at this. Like I say more the better. In my opinion, that that's the way I've always treated this because I know who what audience members I'm going after, and I focus on that rather than the, the numbers. Thing I so like that about sense. it is that these are the types of people that are already connecting with their audience, as opposed to pulling in Shaquille O'Neal, Katie Couric, people who are celebrities. Like they have no idea how to connect with an audience on social, whereas these guys have been doing it from the get go. They will already have a loyal right. engaged following that will fold into audio lovers, which will then listen to everybody else's shows. And I like the fact that they are recognizing that it's that loyal following that matters, not necessarily how big the star is like Josh Peck hasn't been famous since ever, <laughs> but he's the guy that was on um, yeah. Drake and Josh and Nickelodeon. Was that Nickelodeon or Disney? One of those a Nickelodeon yeah, show, Nickelodeon, yes. and then he was in like a, a sitcom with um, John Stamos, and he's been in a couple different things, and he's been great. But I love the fact that he's, you know, Will Wheaton would be another. I mean, he already has a podcast, but I'm saying he would be another perfect example. Yeah, but he's a perfect he's example of this. that. Yeah, ha that has more stardom on you know on digital than he than he has now in traditional media anyway so it is exciting that and because he's built a relationship with those people he's more influential yeah. as far as that so when he when he says i love the yes. apron you know or like it, again it's like you guys you know like when you say danny's great at emerald city productions yeah. shout out to danny again yeah. or john buchanan you know what i mean like people listen because like oh this is the people they work with they must be good let me contact them you know yeah the other thing though is that these people's audience is much younger and the typical podcast listeners like 25 to 55. So I'm interested to know if like this will bring in like the kids into podcasting more, like more young, young kids. Like I think people, I mean, the Pauls, for example, like Jake and Logan Paul, their audience is probably like 15 to 25. I, I mean, a 25 year old watching Jake Paul is ridiculous. Well, and again, there's that's a weird gap because like right now you've got parents like myself who are podcast listeners. So my children who are um, right. 10 and 12 listen to podcasts and they produce podcasts. So that generation's being handled because the parents are like, here, Alexa, right. play, blah, blah, blah. You know, so we're doing that. Um, but now we've got this kind of middle section that we're trying to get to. Yeah, like the preteens and the teens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And maybe like early 20s. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it should be some interesting stuff. And then... um. And speaking of influence, yesterday, Instagram announced IGTV, which is an opportunity for Instagram users to make long form video, I believe up to an hour that they can post. So you can have your yep. own show, you can do it. I don't know about interview. I mean, you know, it leaves the opportunity open to do a lot of different stuff. It's not like Facebook Live yet. Facebook Live is now developed into something where you can have like a lower third, you can invite guests, you can promote comments, like can't really do that on G IG yet. But right now, Instagram stories, I think allows you to have up to a minute and 15 second intervals. This is like a stream of video that you can do on a regular basis or every day or however you want. So have you, so John, I guess from your reaction annoyance that, yeah to oh is that what that shit is <laughs> that you have not looked at it yet i looked at it but 
I think I right now prefer. I, yeah, I have. And usually the same people that do the stories have jumped in with both feet into the Instagram live. Mm-hmm. Well, whatever that's called. Instagram. Mm-hmm. Instagram stories. Yeah. All right. So they just they just jumped in and, and everything is. Is this worth doing? And I'm like, well, again, it's at the top. I'll probably dig into a few of them. We'll see how long it lasts. I mean, if you can, if you have a good conversation and you can hold somebody's interest, I guess it's another platform. I don't know. I already saw a tutorial that's already out on how to repurpose your YouTube videos to go on IGTV. No way. They've already made them. Yep. They have already started to make it. And it's funny because I have, uh, for Spotpreneur, I have a really decent Instagram following there. Um, and then I'm, I'm starting a YouTube channel next month for Spotpreneur. Um, just because again, I'm diversifying and trying to reach more audience in, in different places. And so now with this being at it, it's like, great. I can do videos in both. Um, you just have to, they're vertical and other things, but you know, I, I feel like again, Facebook, cause Facebook and Instagram, they're going after Google. I mean, they're, they're, this is this is a Google grab if I don't see anything. You know what I mean? Because they're basically saying, here, watch videos mm-hmm. here. You don't have to leave. You don't have to leave the ecosystem. Because I guarantee you it's going to come to the point. Because right now, if you post an Instagram, you can then share it on a Facebook page or a Facebook like profile. I have a feeling that's going to happen very soon where you post it on Instagram and then it posts on Facebook. So Yeah, you can already do that with your stories. So yeah. it'll be the same so, thing. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing. So I, I just think, again, they're trying to make it so that the apps are basically like, everything's here. You don't need to go anywhere else. I think that's what they're trying yeah. to do. I appreciate that. I just, I, from myself using it, like the people that I like to watch in short bursts, in small doses, I don't really think I have the attention span for five minutes or two minutes, maybe two minutes. If something's over five minutes... I mean, I have to like plan that in my day. I'm going to have to actually like put that in my calendar. So, and I already stay off of YouTube and Facebook watch because I just don't have the time as it is. So while it's something I'd like to contribute to, I don't know if I'll be able to consume it as well. That's all. Yeah, and that's another thing because the attention span on Instagram is so much, you know, like I'll go on YouTube and watch a video if I'm, you know, really into it, but I'm also older. So there are a lot of these children that are watching YouTube, but I don't know. My kids are super into YouTube. I don't know if Isaac, I mean, he might be too young, but like as an Anderson, that's our favorite thing is to watch YouTube, not Netflix, not TV, YouTube. Yeah, Isaac too, and he's only three. My daughters do yeah. the same thing. I have daughters that are 16 and 17. And that's all they do. They watch YouTube yep. all day long. So I think this is, again, they're trying to grab that audience, you know, and say, hey, you can do this here with yeah, your favorite but people. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But again, it, it, it reminds me because, again, you've got like um, tools like repurpose.io, um, which I use because it'll turn like a podcast episode into like a video that can post on YouTube. I'm wondering then if they're going to have an, a, you know, an API where it'll be able to do a video of your podcast in the full run if it's under an hour. I am considering turning off repurpose because it still gets no views. See, it's funny. I get lots of views from it, believe it or not. I think it depends on the audience. I don't get any. You know, I think it depends yes. on the audience. So, you know, but that I also don't really I don't really promote it, but I mean, we get no views on any of the Oh, shows. really? Yeah. But but it goes mm-hmm. back to, you know, again, everybody's audience is different. So that's why in your the best advice I can give podcasters right now is when you're in the big Facebook groups or when you go to a convention like Podcast Movement and someone gives you a piece of advice, try it out, but experiment. If it doesn't work for you, it's okay. You didn't, maybe you didn't do something wrong. It might just not be the right thing for your show and your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I think we forget that like, oh, blah, blah, blah over here is doing all this stuff. Well, that's great. 
That's blah, blah, blah. You're you. So I just think sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. So I'm looking at it right now, the pop, uh, IGTV, and the, it's, I hit the popular tab. And so there's Kim Kardashian. There's the Kardashian and the Jenners. There's shirtless paintball two-on-one. I'm going to watch what? that. <laughs> uh, you know, there's frozen cocktails on the beach, two, two hey. minutes and 33 seconds. I mean, so far, the longest one I've seen is 10 minutes. So they're yeah. basically anywhere between, I don't know, a minute and a half. Uh, here's Ellen TV. Ellen's on here with Kelly Clarkson. That's 11 minutes and 40 seconds. So, again, they're all within between a minute and five minutes. Holy cow. There's one on here that's 47 minutes and 19 seconds. Not GOTV. Mm. So, yeah, again, you know, you're in a doctor's office and you want to go watch something. There you go. There's, you know, you put your earbuds in and. You're off. You know, if you if you had a TV show and you wanted to do some backstage stuff and drive people to your social media, this would be perfect for that. Or if you want to drive people to your podcast, this would be perfect to maybe do like a short video. That's true. Yeah. Very true. Or like while you're producing, like that kind of like the backstage, like this is while I'm, you know, like if you got a co-host situation yes. in the same room. So you could totally do that. That's very true. So there's a lot of things you can That's do with point. this. It's just, again, you know, don't get so overwhelmed by thinking I have to do everything. You know, just focus first mm-hmm. and foremost, make your show as good as it can be, make the sound as good as it can be, um, find your tribe, then maybe start experimenting with some of these things. Yeah. Anyway, it should be fun to see if you are experimenting with it already. Send us some feedback, feedback at sheetpodcast.com or visit our website. Talk to us. Tell us what you think about it so far. Do we like it? Do we not like it? Are we posting? Are we watching? What's happening? Um, And I think that is it for the week. Can you believe it? No other things to talk about because we are newsed out, y'all. So thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much to Ramona Rice for being my co-host today. It was so fun podcasting with you again. Yes. I'm so g- grateful that you were able to do this, especially last minute. Thank you so much. No, it's my pleasure. And I can't wait for Elsie to come back because I love hearing you and Elsie together. And big secret because Elsie and I technically work for competitors. And oh my God, we get along. We're friends. Imagine that. Yes, because, you know, I I really wish more men, you know, the ones that post, you know, I'm talking about this one or this one. It's like, just do you, boo. (laughs) That's what, you know, that's what Elsie and I say. Which one works best for you? Okay, great. I'm really happy you're happy with them because Lipson's an amazing company. Yeah, they're both amazing companies. Yeah. I love them both. All of them. All of the companies out there are amazing. Trust me. If we well, it, except SoundCloud, stay away from them. I don't consider them a company. They're more of a nuisance. Please don't. Please, please, please don't host a SoundCloud. <laughs> but atcha. Yeah. Anyway, if you guys want to find us, please find our show notes at ShePodcast.com. You can also find our courses there. We also have swag. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShePodcast. You can also donate a dollar if you heard us earlier and realize how much we need at patreon.com forward slash you podcast thank you guys so much for listening love you Mean it. bye bye <laughs>